0: This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to
1: be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you who are watching at this time, especially those who may be watching today for the very first time. And we hope that you'll stay tuned today to Getting to Know Your Bible. Today we have a a subject that you might consider to be a little odd, but I want to talk about the woman that no one can forget. Now there may be some people in your life that you would like to forget about, but we want to talk about the one that no one can forget. Stay tuned as we discuss that today. Now on Getting to Know Your Bible, we offer a free Bible Correspondence Course. We've been doing this for a good long while, and we have so many people who respond every week, actually every day, that we're on the air to the request, to request the free Bible Correspondence Course. We want you to have it as well. This Bible course will aid you in learning more about what God's will is, what God's desire is, or man in this age of the world. We need to know what it takes to please God. And we want you to have the Bible Course in order that you might know more about the Course and that you might know how to receive the Course. Let's pause for just a moment.
0: To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, PO Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call toll free 1-877-711-5214. I have one
1: short passage of scripture that I would like to read. This passage of scripture is found in Luke the 17th chapter and in verse 32. And it reads like this, remember Lot's wife. If you were asked to to give a list of the most prominent, women who have ever lived in the history of the world who would you have on your list well if we looked at it from a biblical point of view I I would think that most people would have Eve on the list of the world's most prominent women she's the mother of all living the first woman the first mother Another that we would have on that list would be Sarah. She was such a godly, godly woman. Another woman on the list of some of the world's most prominent women would be Mary, the mother of Jesus. She was a godly woman, and she was conceived in her womb, not having known man, but she was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she was the mother of the Lord Jesus Christ. Another prominent woman of whom we read in the Bible is Ruth, and she was an ancestor of Jesus Christ. Another would be Esther, a young Jewish girl who was raised to the throne of Persia through the providence of God. That is, she was the queen, and she was the one who averted the destruction of her people. Surely on the list of some of the most prominent women you've ever known would be your mother or your wife. And there is one woman mentioned in the Bible whose name we do not know, but, but a woman whom we are not allowed to forget. We we first read about this woman back in the book of Genesis, chapter 19. And the occasion is is when Sodom and and Gomorrah were destroyed. And in Genesis chapter 19, verse 12, the men said to Lot, Have you anyone else here, son-in-law, your sons, your daughters, and whomever you have in the city, take them out of the place. For we will destroy... This place, because of the outcry against them, is grown so great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy. it. So here were men sent to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law who had married his daughters and said, Get up, get out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But to his sons-in-law, he seemed to be joking. And this was no joke, but they were making light of it. When the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot to hurry, saying, Arise, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be consumed in the punishment of the city. And while he lingered, isn't that strange that he lingered with impending doom, but he says, And while he lingered, the men took hold of his hand and his wife's hand and the hands of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful to him, and they brought him out and set him outside the city. And so it came to pass when they had brought them outside that he said, Escape for your life. You see, the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah was imminent. Escape for your life. And then he instructed, Do not look behind you, nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest you be destroyed. Then Lot said to them, Please, no, my lords. Indeed, now your servant has found favor in your sight, and you have increased your mercy, which you have shown me by saving my life. But I cannot escape to the mountain, lest some evil overtake me and I die. See, now this city is near enough to flee to it is a little one. Please let me escape there. Is it not a little one, and my soul shall live? And he said to him, See, I favored you concerning this thing also in that I will not overthrow this city for which you have spoken. Hurry, escape there, for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Therefore the name of this city was called Zor. The sun had risen upon the earth when Lot entered Zor. And listen, verse, the next verse, verse 24. Then the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. So he overthrew those cities, all the plain, all the inhabitants of the city, what grew on the ground. But I want you to listen very, very carefully to the next verse. But his his wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. Do you understand now what Jesus meant when in Luke chapter 17 and verse 32 that Jesus said, remember Lot's wife. What is there about Lot's wife, do you suppose, that, that we could remember? Well, I believe there are three things, and the time permitting, we want to discuss all three of those things with you today. For first of all, as we remember Lot's wife, we want to remember that she was warned of her danger. Genesis chapter 19, verse 17 that we have just read, she, she was told to escape. She, she was also told not to look back, but she did. And when she looked back, she turned into a pillar of salt. I heard a, of a Sunday school teacher who was trying to teach this lesson to a group of small children. And she explained that as Lot and his wife were fleeing Sodom, that that his wife looked back and she turned into a pillar of salt. One of the little boys in class said, that's that's nothing, teacher. My, My mother was driving the car the other day and she looked back and she turned into a telephone pole. Well, we need to remember that Lot's wife was warned of her danger. You see, God also warns us today. God warns us today through His Word. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 3 is such a warning. There's a question asked, first of all, that answers itself, and secondly, serves as a warning to us. Here's the question. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? And the answer to the question asked in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3, is there is none. That there is no escape if we neglect our salvation. We we are warned to not be negligent of our soul. In Matthew chapter 16 and verse 26, our Lord said, For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Well, there isn't anything that a man can give in exchange for his soul that's worth it. The soul of man is the most valuable thing that man has or that man is. And a a person who would exchange his or her soul for the beggarly elements of this world has made a bad bargain indeed. But God also warns us not to neglect our salvation. That's what Hebrews chapter 2 verse 3 is all about. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? That question was first uh, written to those who were already Christians and encouraging them not to go back to what they had been formerly and not to neglect the salvation that had been offered to them through Christ. But no doubt there's someone watching me right now, watching this telecast, who's been thinking about their salvation. They're thinking about giving their life to Christ through obedience to the gospel, but they've not yet done it. God is warning don't neglect your salvation because there is no escape. God also warns us in the gospel about death to come. It is appointed unto man once to die, and then comes the judgment. God God warns us of the coming judgment. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone must receive the things done in his body according that he hath done, whether it be good or whether it be evil. He, He warns us about an eternal hell. In Matthew chapter 10 and verse 28, Jesus said, Fear not them who are able to destroy the body but have no power over the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and the body in hell. What is it that we need to remember about Lot's wife? We need to remember she was warned of her danger, but so often we fail to heed the warnings. In Jamestown, Pennsylvania, May the 31st, 1889, there was a great loss of life when the dam broke. 2,200 people died. But there had been a warning. The warning was ignored. Lot's wife ignored the warning. Now, a second thing that we need to remember about Lot's wife is that one's destiny is never decided by the advantages that one has, but by the choices that one makes. Think about all the advantages that Lot's wife had. She had a God-fearing husband. Yes, he was a God-fearing man. He's referred to as just Lot, a just man. She, She was related to a man of faith by the name of Abraham. And she was led out of Sodom by the hands of angels. You talk about having a lot of advantages on your side... Lot's wife had them. But you see, her destiny was not decided by the advantages she had, but her destiny was determined by one choice, one decision that she made. All of us have had angels' hands in our lives, leading us from danger to safety. They're the angels' hands, as it were, of our parents. Parents are told to bring up their children in the nurture. And in the admonition of the Lord, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 3 and 4. Solomon put it like this in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. To train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old he will not depart from it. Not only that, we've had the the angels' hands of teachers in our lives. Those who have taught us the gospel. No doubt those of you who are well acquainted with the gospel right now, had someone in your past, it may have been your father, your mother, it may have been some preacher, it may have been some Sunday school teacher, but you've had someone who has taught you in days gone by. Oh, maybe what they taught you were some of the great Bible stories. Maybe they taught you about God. They taught you about right and wrong But you've had the hands of angels upon you in that regard. And then you think about the angel hands of children upon us. You say, of children? Yes, indeed. Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 6 says, A little child shall lead them. Some of the great lessons in life we can learn from children. We can learn humility from children. We can learn honesty and sincerity from children. We we can learn how to get along with one another from children. Have you ever noticed children, maybe there's some children playing together, and they get in a little squabble over something that they're doing, and one doesn't like what the other's doing, and they squabble, And, and just a few minutes later, they're all laughing and playing together again. All oh, that we could learn from the little children. You see, there are many people who perish because they make wrong choices in life. All of us have had advantages, lots of advantages. The advantage of parents, the advantage of teachers, the advantage of preachers, the, the advantage of, of being, having a good example set before us by others, even children. But it's the choices that we make that determine our destiny. In Joshua chapter 24 and verse 15, Joshua is talking about man's ability to choose when he said, Choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the God of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But but as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. That was a choice that had been made. In Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible says, "By By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. So you see, choice is, is what determines our destiny. Choice affects the course of an entire lifetime. It did with Moses. Choice can determine the the destiny of a nation of people. It can affect your eternal destiny as well. Choice. The choice is yours. Now a third thing to remember about Lot's wife is that there is a cost to disobeying God. Now, she did some of what God said. Well, you say, well, now, Billy, what was that? Well, she left Sodom. God said, flee, escape for your life. So she did, along with her husband. And the only thing she did that God said not to do was that she looked back. Well, someone says, well, what was so wrong about her looking back? Well, she, when she looked back, she did the very thing that God said don't do. God, God said don't look back. And so when she left, she obeyed God. When she looked back, she had disobeyed God. You, you see, the sin of Lot's wife was, was the sin of partially doing what God said. Another example of that found in the Old Testament would be in the life of King Saul. He was a fine young man, and God selected him to be the king over Israel, and he, he he reigned for 40 years. On an occasion, God asked him to go destroy all the Amalekites, to utterly destroy the Amalekites, to not leave anything alive. But he spared the king. And when Saul came back, or rather, he came back to Samuel, and Samuel said, What's that I hear? I hear the blading of sheep. And he said, Well, I brought some of the sheep back, yes. Uh, The people wanted that. Well, you see, Saul did some of what God said, but he didn't do everything that God said, and he disobeyed God. And as a result of his disobedience, he didn't turn into a pillar of salt like Lot's wife, but he was rejected from being king. And in 1 Samuel chapter 15 and verse 22, it is said that to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. So so the sin of, of Lot's wife was disobeying God, and that's one of the things we need to remember about her. Now she had enough love for the Lord to leave Sodom. And if I were to ask you right now, how much love do you have for the Lord? Say, well, I have enough of the Lord, that, a love for the Lord that, uh, that I, I do somewhat what God tells me to do. Every once in a while, Brother Lambert, I'll pick up my Bible and I'll th- thumb through this book. And, and every once in a while, I, I'll, I'll go to God and I, I'll pray to God. Well, see, she had enough love to leave Sodom. But she did not have enough love for God to keep her from looking back. For had she truly loved God, she would have done everything God told her to do. Now, there's a passage in the New Testament I'd call to your attention. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 3 which reads, for this is the love of God, that that we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not grievous. You see, when we truly love God, not only, if you'll allow me to use the story of Lot's wife leaving Sodom, we'll have enough love for God not only to leave Sodom, we'll have enough love for Him not to look back. That is, we'll have enough uh, love for God to do everything God said to do. She left Sodom. It was going to be destroyed. She was almost saved. She just looked back and she turned into a pillar of salt. My friend, to be almost saved is to be lost. I would urge you not to disobey, but to obey God. In Acts chapter 26 in verse 28, one man said, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. That that might be where some of you are right now, almost persuaded. You know Jesus loves you. You know that he loved you enough that he would die on the cross for you. And you know you're lost without him. And you've listened to getting to know your Bible long enough that you know the gospel plan of salvation. You know you're to believe on Jesus and to repent of your sins, confess your faith in Him, and to be baptized. Our Lord said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned, Mark 16, 16. And you know that. You know as a believer in Jesus that you ought to repent of your sins and to be baptized into Christ, Galatians 3.27, for the remission of your sins, Acts 2.38, that you might be saved, 1 Peter 3.21, Mark 16 and verse 16. Just remember the price paid for not doing what God said. And Jesus said, if you love me, Keep my commandments. I want to thank you for watching Getting to Know Your Bible today. And may I give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community and right now pick up the telephone and call for the free Bible correspondence course. Call right now. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you, may the Lord keep you
0: is my prayer We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God you can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at getting If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God please email us at getting to at yahoo.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-
1: five two
0: one four getting to know your bible has been presented by churches of christ